Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of Utopia to Me, with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Uh, hey, my voice is uh, feels like it's a little raspy right now, maybe a little rough around the edges. I don't know if that's because it's early in the morning or because I had a few gins last night. I like gin, but, you know, in moderation, everything in moderation. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just a few chips. Um, just a few hamburgers, you know, in moderation. Um, so I had two gins last night. Maybe that's why I sound like a rough barfly from a Charles Bukowski novel, eh? Two gins, I said, and oh, all the humanity, life is hell. So, no, it was actually a fun night. I did the Laugh Sabbath comedy show. I, why am I getting real? Here's the thing. Where are you? Thanks for tuning in. This is a great episode. Ali Hassan is the guest. Talk show host, stand-up touring, stand-up comedian. Um, great guy. Yeah, you're going to love it. Fun episode. We talk about food a lot, but because he's... Maybe I shouldn't ruin it, but he's a gourmet chef. Oh, man. It was really nice to talk to someone that really loves food as much as I do. And more. This is a great episode. So where are you? Where how are you listen to this thing? Are you on top of a crane uh, by yourself, thinking like, "Oh no, I'm I wanted to uh, climb up here as a lark, but now I'm stuck because I don't know how to climb down. I got to wait for the weird fire department to save me." And uh, so while I'm up here, I'll just listen to an episode of Utopia to Me. And you know what? Maybe being on top of a crane in the middle of the sky is your utopia. That's so cool. Please. Uh, you know, tweet at us, write me letters, let me know. What's your utopia? Is it on a crane or is it, uh, you know, just in the bottom of a swimming pool? <laughs> Here we go. This is episode 77 with the delightful Ali Hassan. So please listen up, put it in your ears, take it easy and enjoy. So I just ate a very delicious, basically Indian breakfast taco, sort of. Would eggs be breakfast over there? I don't even know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, but, good. but also there's a flexibility. You know? Yeah, yeah. Rigid. It's a country of a billion, a lot of poor people. Whenever you can get it, you eat it sometimes, you know? Yeah, I was reading this uh, old, uh, this is a different part of the world, but I'm reading this book called um, A Hero for, of Our Time or something. Uh -huh. It's an old Russian novel. Okay. And the guy's, like, hanging out with some Cossacks, and they eat all this, like, goat meat and all this different stuff for breakfast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not just eggs and bacon all the time. Exactly. Or Cheerios. Yeah, the Filipinos, it's like fish and rice is very common yeah. in the morning, and I'm, I'm okay with all of it. Me too. I would like a more hearty... It, it, breakfast has to be hearty. It does. But, yeah, I should say that our guest right now is Ali Hassan. Thank you so much for hey, thanks, doing man. this. I like this. I came to your house in Etobicoke. And right when I got here, yeah, we have to, it might be a shorter episode because your son's coming home. And he's a lunatic. And, and he's, he's a lunatic, yeah. which is fine. But yeah. we, we could talk about some stuff in that time uh, before he comes home and destroys uh, our lives. <laughs> uh, just because you said he's a lunatic. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, but I ate, as soon as I got here, I got cooked, uh, Ali cooked for me um, 
Yeah, Chap- chapati bread with it, like eggs wrapped in it, and then it, it shows the level of importance I think that I place on food. That it's like, hey, we have limited time. That's fine, but also I need to cook first <laughs> so that you can eat something. And I'm 100 percent fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I probably am late for stuff because I'm eating. Yeah, and I don't say that. I'm always like, oh, the the uh, subway yeah. or the bus. <laughs> You know how it is when you, uh, you're managing your own career, dude. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're just shoving potatoes in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Licking my fingers. Oh, a car accident. Um, yeah. And then, so, yeah, we're doing Utopia to Me. You know the premise? I do. Okay. But let's talk about some of... Um, anyways, oh, yeah. The breakfast was delicious. Thank you. I just want everyone to know that before we get to the comedy credits, Ali Hassan is a damn good gourmet chef. It's a big part of my life. Yeah. And actually comedy. I know. It's in your comedy. Squashed it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. in my comedy, but comedy also squashed it. There just came a time where I was getting paid more to do, you know, 45 minutes of comedy yeah. than I was to feed 100 people or whatever. You know, not That's, 100, but, but you also work for In a way, with comedy, days. you're still feeding people. You are You're feeding, feeding their minds. Nourishing. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you've seen my comedy, it's not always... <laughs> nourishing, huh? How nourishing is a well-crafted fart joke? A snack on the go. A snack on Sometimes the go. your comedy is just a snack on the go <laughs> in an airport. And then an hour later, I'm still hungry. Yeah. yeah. My comedy will do that sometimes. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we all have those uh, snack moments for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I know some of your credits, but you have like way too many for me to know. So you can <laughs> tell me what I don't know, but I'll tell you... Well, I know you're a guest host for Q sometimes That's now. That's been excellent, On CBC. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. I reconnected with a childhood friend because of that. Because that, you know, Q has carried on NPR as well. A number of NPR affiliates in the U.S. and public mm-hmm. radio stations have it. Yeah. So this kid I haven't seen since I was six. My best friend as a, as, as a kid. Yeah. His older brother goes, do you know, do you remember, uh, uh, did you, are you with the Ali Hassan who lived... Beside, you know, I lived on, on Provo Street yeah. in Brossard, Quebec. Yeah. Uh, my brother is Tonyefa. Maybe you remember. So I was like, oh my God, Tonyefa. I can't cool. believe it. Cool. Yeah. Or Tonyefa. I don't remember. Yeah, I have some friends that I haven't seen since I was six for sure. But if they contacted me now, I'd kind of be like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you have money, bro? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> but that's amazing. That's cool uh, how that worked. And Brassard, you said it's like a suburb of it's Montreal. A suburb of Montreal. Yeah, it's yeah. the Etobicoke. Because I knew you're from Montreal. Montreal I'm yeah. from Etobicoke, to be honest. I know. I know. It's that pretty about crazy. You. Like I went to high school a few blocks uh, south of here. The Martin Grove. Uh, uh, Richview. Oh yeah, my daughter's at Richview right now. Really? What? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. My daughter, nice. Chris Locke. Stephen Harper. I mean, it's a good school. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Harper went there, there, and nobody knows that, which is, I think, so oh. interesting because uh, Stephen Harper, ex-Canadian prime minister, he acted like a am a good old boy from Alberta, right? I know. Cowboy hats all the time. Yeah, yeah. He suppressed his Etobicoke side. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't... He suppressed being progressive. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, no. Progressive conservative. I yeah, mean, there you go. He's the biggest true. misnomers around sometimes. I know. Yeah, so you no, know, I talked to some guys in a liquor store once in Calgary about it, and they were like, "No, they didn't believe that he was from here. They didn't want to believe." Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're down the street from Don Bosco too, which is where are they going to put a Rob Ford statue there or what? Um. If they did, it would be the most uneventful thing. I don't know if you know this. Don Bosco. Oh, they right is, is no longer a school. So 
Oh, know, really? No, I didn't know that, but I forgot that. I think they actually like let him go, though, when he was... They absolutely yeah. let him go, but I the forgot school about that is, part. is empty. It's a Toronto Argonauts uh, training uh, facility. You These know guys what? go to class I, and stuff. So there. when I pulled around the corner to come here, I saw the Argonauts banner. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's nice that they come to visit the Don Bosco kids. No, it's not done. Right. It's, their, it's their second home. Did Rob Ford's rep ruin that school? <laughs> no, you wanna, you kind of want to believe that, but no. no uh, I mean, he. Uh, um, I think we can blame Crack. I think Crack ruined Rob Ford's name, right, and that right. ruined Rob Ford. Uh, yeah, and and Don Bosco stood alone. But yeah, Don Bosco's in an awkward. You know, <clears throat> the yeah. mayor is volunteering his time to coach, and he's passionate about this. Yeah, but it's like, uh, but the mayor is kind of like, yeah, bad news. A, a, a bad stain on on the city right now, you know. And they they had to let him go. I'm sure they. Yeah, and this is years later. We're to... not like uh, guessing anymore. We know. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, because at the time it was like, well, you shouldn't judge people. Remember when it was yeah. like all that stuff was starting coming out? Absolutely. Um, but yeah. So okay. So not Don Bosco. But you're in that neighborhood. Yeah. I know this neighborhood. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, oh, here's two other things I want to say. Two of. The first times I really got to hang out with you are still part of your credits. One was like we shared a room at the Icebreakers oh, Festival yeah. that Jeff Paul put together. That was together. great, man. That was a good time. Two guys who are like afraid to snore in front of each other. <laughs> Do you snore? Because I snore like a race to sleep. Yeah, but I think like, uh, I don't know, we drank so much that it didn't matter. Yeah. Both passed out. And then uh, the other one was I had a week guest writing stint on Strombo. Yeah. And you were the yeah, yeah, yeah. regular pa- panelist. Yeah, there. that's right. That was cool. That was a good year of my life. Yeah. That was that a was great fun. year, man. Man, you just come here as a broke comedian and you're you get married and you're like, "Oh god, let's see what happens." You oh, know? Had you just moved from Montreal then? I've been here a year. Ah, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was it, it really transformed my life. So when I somebody slags off George Strombolopoulos, I'm like, "Don't you dare." Yeah. That man helped me so much. I didn't really get to talk to him that much, but he was very positive, very outgoing. Sure. Um, but the writing room was like, you were there, and then Eric Toth and Fraser Young. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, Dave, um, yeah. That I was forgot, a, I, thought I forget his name, last name. Dave Pierce. Dave Pierce, thank you. Yeah, they, the really fun times. It's a... That writing room experience, like that hardened me. Nobu, that that so. really helps. Nobu is yeah. a fantastic dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these are the guys who rejected my jokes every morning. I'd, I'd have stuff I wrote overnight, stuff I thought about on the subway on, on the way over. You know, and I was like, some of this is really good stuff. And they would be like, pass, pass. That's a miss for me was another big t- And I was like, oh, my God. And... Um, yeah, it just sort of hardens you. And, and But how did you feel? Did you feel like some of the stuff that was passed was still good and they didn't get it? In the moment, yeah. But then what happens is you go back to your desk yeah. and then you work harder and you go, actually, th- these are better jokes. And then you go back and then those get rejected. Well, because you know you what you're probably adapting time. to, which happens, right? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, the process is crazy. The process is crazy. But you, uh, a lot of us comedians that build our voice and slash brand like on stage like mm. all of a sudden you get hired for a show and you're like but i would say it like this so i get it yeah and no, then, exactly yeah you have to like go beyond that as a writer and just make it like anyone can say this but that was tricky because i was often writing for myself yeah and i'm like i can sell this you guys yeah, like, yeah it's not that funny damn it 
Hmm. You know, yeah. and, and as a comedian, you you think stuff is funny, and then you defer to the audience, and then they let you know if it is or isn't. Yeah. So this was this is our audience, and they were telling me it's not, and so I'm like, okay, you know, it's well, hard. Yeah, it's audience. a sticky situation. I I have to turn off my phone. This no, is, that's okay. I don't even. He's just looking at his phone. It's off. It's <laughs> off, and it still rang. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, I'm a professional. I turned off my phone. <laughs> you know what? Mine's still here. I'm gonna. I am just gonna get back to these guys. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> While we were eating eggs, we were talking about this. Yeah, we situation. should talk about it because it kind of leads into you know ideals of what the, you want the world to be like. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, but the, yeah, the Guardian article. Yeah, this, this article in the Guardian was. So I, I was telling you that my mindset was already there. What you know, years ago, Steve Jobs, when he was still alive. Uh, wrote about how he he severely limited tech time in his house with his his four children. Yeah, and he's I was tech, like, man, LSD this master guy is, God. exactly. Who knows? But why would we argue with Steve Jobs? Yeah, who, who thinks they know more than Steve Jobs about tech? Yeah, that was a huge flag for me. And and my daughters, if they were here, would tell you that it's been like, excuse me, they've taken pop. It's a bit, I've been like kicking and screaming about. Their cell phones and their technology. And Are they so just we have, staring at them? Well, it's not staring at them. It's just, it's their comfort. Yeah. You know, and my, that's your phone, <laughs> by the way, you son of a... <laughs> I thought I took care of you my... You made me believe that I was the devil here. <laughs> Look at you. No, I... Well, I took Facebook and Twitter yeah, off my phone. So, I mean, that's so, so that's mature. Nice. It's like I'm proud of you. you know? Thank you very I'm much. Amazing. I'm proud of myself. I don't mean to be like your dad or no, whatever. No, because I was saying sweet. like to you, yeah, we were sort of rehashing this, but like uh, I was, I'm definitely addicted to looking for likes and faves. Because I'm a joker every day. I say totally. stupid. We need that gratification. But you can wait and you can check it at home on your computer and then you can put your computer away. And I also got an extension that blocks the news feed on Facebook. So good. So you're not reading everybody being angry all the time. Because everybody's angry every day. I, both my careers, when I was a chef and a comedian, both of them were all about instant gratification. Yeah. Slightly delayed with food because it takes more time to make the food. Yeah. But it's, you know, like that, that's who I am. So the like button just, it, it, it. But both careers, me. uh, um, and with the presentation of and you going ta da, exactly, and then somebody you know then a plate comes back and it's barely been touched and you're like why ta da would you do this to me? <laughs> Meanwhile, ninety percent of the plates are polished off, but your mind's only focused on pieces. Oh it. my god! So it's a complete that is like stand up though. It's completely analogous to stand up because stand up you can kill Always and everyone's like great set. And you're the like one dude who didn't nah. laugh. No, yeah. this one part. Or, or or like a beat that didn't hit as hard sure, as you want. Sure, either internally your own joke wasn't as good as it could be, or... Yeah. No, nah, there was that one that table. One la- yeah, that lady that's like, what are you mad at? Yeah. <laughs> Do I look like so funny. a shitty guy? Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so phones. Would you... Okay. Oh, wait, let's... Is there any other credits I need to say? <laughs> don't you, you do something for... good memory. You don't you have a... Well, no, I'm... A, it's... This is all slapdash. Right. Well, I again. forgot that we were ever even talking about that. I've, uh, well, I'm, I mean, you know, we're rushing this episode a bit, but we're also like, I want you to be celebrated when people listen. You know, I, uh, 
I think you I've do something for some, LOL on CBC. Too, I right? host a show called Laugh Out Loud on See, CBC. Yeah, Radio. I don't. I, I'm bad. With, I gotta listen more. That's all right. That's Canadian comics we play, and I, I enjoy doing that. That's not yeah. really. A, that's not a showcase of me. I really oh, okay. just serve the show. Okay, you know what I mean. It's not a. It's not a yeah, host driven yeah. show. It's a comedy driven show. Um, I see. But so it's you're great. just doing sort of like intro outro things, exactly. And, oh, and if okay, I can okay. impart a, a personal story, which I'm so happy when I can, and yeah. I often can. I've met most of the people we play. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So that's great. You know, like if we play you, and God willing, we will for sure. The icebreaker story would would come out. You know, that'd be nice. Which is that was which a great is, time to be. To be honest, that means more to people. It, it doesn't mean a ton. I of did people that we shared a room, but it means yeah. more to people. That we shared a room and raced to sleep so we wouldn't keep each other snoring <laughs> than the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Yeah. That, that, you know, I mean something to right. us. It's a great time, great festival, but doesn't mean something. No, you want to get to know people. In Thompson, Manitoba, even, you know, even yeah. in, in the same province, they might not even care about that. I think I did Icebreakers before CBC's LOL yes. had something to do with it, too. Yeah, exactly. So I was grassroots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you built that festival. Right? <laughs> yeah. You made that thing what it is. Um, it was fun. Yeah, but uh, okay. So, anything else that you want to say? I think well, we have one man shows that you tour around, I, and a I, lot of them are about that's your that's family. A big thing now. For me, that's a very big thing for me that I, I tour the show called Muslim Interrupted across yeah. Canada, and I don't want to say I don't want to be grateful to Trump for anything. But if there's one silver lining for me, going to the U.S. was going to be potentially tricky. You know, it, it, it's based on the customs officer you see. And if they go, yeah. so wait, you're going to do a show. It's called Muslim Interrupted. What do you talk about? Do you make fun of this government? You mean, you know what? Yeah. Now, next thing you, you know, you, you booked a 180-seat venue in Jersey. Yeah. hundred tickets have been sold. And you got to be like, oh, sorry, everyone. I got turned away. One of my friends was like, hey, that would be great press. It I'm like, would, yeah, you know. Also, it kind of makes the legend stronger, does, maybe. But then uh, what if I'm banned from the U.S. for like a, a period of time? So it made me want to yeah. discover Canada more. And this year I've been to Newfoundland. I've been to Victoria. I've been to places I've never been yeah. thanks to this show and really a, a Canadian focus on it. Very nice. Yeah, I... Uh that's really nice. I mean, that aspect. That aspect is nice. Yeah, the fact that we still... Well, I'm not, as, obviously, as much, but, like, frightened by the uh, border. And it is kind of... It's really dark right now. It's yeah. It's like... Absolutely. Geez. Yeah, and you're right. You don't want to be, like, uh, proud of anything from him at no. all. He's a disaster, in his own words. But... Uh, in his own words? Did he call it, himself a disaster? Well, I mean, using his words against using him. Using his words against yeah. him, right. God, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't like, know. and the show has a positive message. Like, yeah. it would be well received in the U.S., but it's so that's another frustrating element. Yeah, you know? but you're born, you're born in Canada, Fredericton, New Brunswick. Fredericton, yeah, very nice. My, Where I'll uh, hopefully also go to do a show. My stepdad was born in Fredericton. I probably knew him. <laughs> no, I left when I was two to Montreal, but I could have met him. Yeah, might have, huh? Yeah, in line at the grocery store together. If my parents had stayed in Fredericton, who knows? But your parents are uh, originally from Pakistan, yeah. then uh, to Leeds, England for a period of time. Oh, my cool. dad was in school there. Uh, I guess did he see The Who perform live there by any I chance? I don't believe he did. Uh, but what he was, was uh, <laughs> like, that, that man was, uh, he was so well suited to Quebec. He was so your well dad? suited to Montreal in the sense that he just liked to go out and, and do stuff. Yeah. 
So when the Jazz Fest is in town, let's go to the Jazz Fest. Hey, That's great. Film Fest, marking off in the newspaper six, seven films he wants to see go to the Montreal Film Fest. You know what I mean? He's just like a guy. That's a very Quebecois thing. You, yeah. you know this uh, as well as anybody. There are comedians in Quebec who are millionaires. Yeah. And they have never left Quebec. Yeah. Maybe one trip to France, which didn't make them that much money. They're millionaires because yeah. Quebecers... As a society, come out and support. It's very nice. It it's makes amazing. me want to learn French <laughs> better than yeah. I know it now. Yeah. Yo, it's, no, uh, but it's I think great... we should talk about this more because in Canada, because um, it's cultures, we do mix and we all get along great, but we still can't talk about the differences that much and the different stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's me coming from like a sort of like privileged like yeah well i'm from this area like just a bit more south which is a little bit like it's sort of like a secluded suburban pocket of the city you know so i'm like really all about like please let's talk about all this different stuff more because i feel like maybe in different groups each people individuals talk about in the safety of their own group but i feel like it's still taboo in canada to really talk about I don't know what I'm getting at. Talk about what specifically? What Just to be more open about the differences between us so that it's not like we're pretending that there is no difference so that mm. it's more... I think that celebrates it more. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Well... Which is like a good thing about your show is sort of what I'm getting well, at. Well, it's, it's, it's celebrating and focusing on the similarities. Obviously, there's yeah. differences. Yeah. That, that goes without saying. Yeah, I didn't people... mean differences in the negative way by oh, any no, stretch. No, 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 no. Differences as in it's enjoyable to meet people with different uh, things to yeah, talk yeah. about. Than yeah, you. absolutely. You know, sometimes when I think about when I watch this white supremacist stuff in the States, I'm like, okay, say you eradicated all these different... <laughs> Uh, cultures from your society what the fuck are you guys gonna talk about yeah and what food are you gonna eat you fucking losers <laughs> well it, absolutely well i i was working on a bit like that and like, then somebody else did it all pasty white totally. culture would be well, I, I had a bit i did it once and then somebody did a better version so i just retired it but it was exactly that you know i was yeah. just like uh, okay fuck, uh, okay you, you you don't like asians no rice. Get the hell out of here. You're not allowed to eat rice. No soy sauce. Yeah. You, know, you, don't like, you don't like these people. Yeah. You can't have that. You don't like Mexicans. No corn for you. Let's see how. Yeah, that's right. Enjoy your potatoes, cheese, and gravy. And then I was like, oh, shit, that's poutine. That's going to be all right. You know, that was like the punchline of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, that's um, really good. Uh, but, but, but the, the point stands that, hey, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Fucking, that that's appropriation for, or, you know I like I joke a lot about cultural appropriation but that's genuinely you take the good from a, a culture that when it serves you yeah but the people who made it and the people who work hard and contribute to so that you ignore everything else that they're contributing yeah you know how how obnoxious I, as you shove a taco in your mouth to be like these goddamn Mexicans are lazy I mean come on also what the hell are they going to talk about and that that question <laughs> is so valid in light of what happened. Um, they're just going to talk about how they're great until they die. I guess. And like, what kind of you know? Well, what happened in Vegas? Yeah, that that exited the news cycle quite quickly, man. If it was a Muslim, yeah, if it yeah. was a black man, well, laws, if it was new a laws woman, would be like rolling down the block. Yeah, it yeah. would never exit. The, always remember, never forget. Hashtags, yeah. this and that. But because it was a white guy who killed white people, country music and all that, Lone they just wolf. don't know where to go with it, and it's got to be a madman, and that, and it's out. 
Yeah. And nothing, you know, the well, NRA has such a stronghold it. on this country, man. I know. Well, that's really another bananas. article I read recently. On top of the cell phone stuff is how the NRA has been repressing uh, gun research since the 90s mm. in the States. It's funny how we're two Canadians just going on about the States right now. But, like... I mean, that's kind of what we it, do, right? That's it, but a, it's also, like, just affecting the whole world right now. The whole world is. is afraid of this massive empire, like, kind of maybe crumbling. Yeah. And before our eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder also sometimes, why are we so obsessed? You know, we ask that quite, why are we so obsessed with America? But, listen, I mean, that's... Since we were kids, we kind of looked up to it. It's our brother. Also punches us in the face once in a while, you know, and, and we yeah, have this yeah. weird love-hate relationship. Yeah, the NAFTA thing might be another little punch coming down. Sure. The yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, now you have a billionaire businessman who is uh, unethical and, <laughs> in, 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 you know, from a, a hundreds of different, account, uh, different accounts. He's an unethical, uh, non-rule follower. And we're trying to be, you know, equal partners in a in a in a relationship. In a, He's like, literally like Cobra Commander from GI Joe. <laughs> 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 Cobra Commander didn't like rules. Huh? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, yeah. He's all like I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, geez, this is good. Stand down, but Cobra like, Commander. okay. I think we should. Yeah, since we're we're on a tight schedule, we should seg all of this passionate discussion about <laughs> where the world is at right now into what. Do you, in, for your utopian world, it doesn't even have to be a version of this world if you don't want it to be. It could be anything you can make up. I'm actually still I'm interested in telling some more, more credits. Can I go in? <laughs> Imagine I just do 20 minutes of credits and yeah. then my, my wife and son show up. <laughs> my wife actually messaged me, will you be done at 1130? I'm going to say 1140. Sure. Yeah? If, if she can give you that time, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, we'll have them come in. We'll have Aziz yell into the mic maybe real quick, and then we'll wrap it I up. Would, I would love that. We could end it with <laughs> Aziz saying something. That would rule. Um, um, what, yeah, what other credits do you have? No, I was joking, buddy. I was joking. <laughs> no, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm still doing the thing, too. Uh, yeah, but have you... Did you... So you know the premise of yeah. this show. Did you think of anything? Did you have well, any it's, chance? It, we've kind of... We've been there. We've visited it. It's, it's so food-related. It's mm-hmm. so food related. That's okay. You know? That's mostly what I end up usually talking about anyway. Well, and I'm an Indian food freak if you listen to this. Yes. So the fact that you made me uh, an Indian breakfast yeah, from yeah, scratch, yeah. I'm super psyched about That's that. That's great, man. Yeah. I I struggle with this because you know, my my genuine feeling is like food can bring people close together. You know, you if you have a you know, Mike Wilmot fantastic Canadian comedian has this joke the about like joke. the sandwich joke. I mean, he slags off Asians in the end, but, but, but the point, <laughs> you know, you got a problem with Jews. You have one smoked meat sandwich. Your only problem is you don't know enough Jews, right? That's, that's <laughs> the best line. And it's yeah. like, it's in a joke, but man, if you had an Egyptian friend growing up and his mother or her mother cooked you homemade Egyptian food, dude, that, that goes so long. Yeah. To, to, you know, you're 35 and somebody goes to these fucking Egyptians and you go, wait a minute. And you're like, hey, why am I so passionately standing up for Egyptian? Because of your buddy Omar, whose mother cooked for you. It, it, it just, it really, really, I feel food brings us together. And the reason I struggle with it uh, yeah. is because I work against that sometimes too. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, like I have jokes about like, how are we going to ever, how are we ever going to achieve world peace when we're ready to, hang someone because they put 
ketchup on their eggs, you know? Like, you know how yeah. foodies get, like, ketchup on your eggs? Like, all of a sudden, you got to be on a war crimes tribunal or something because yeah. you did something like that, some culinary faux pas. But but I try so hard yeah, that's another, to use yeah. food. And that's that's why I was like, I'm going to make you food for sure because that is my utopia. That is my... I love that. Sitting around and... and it's good because everyone's like, the world needs to come together. How do we come together? With love. But love, to a degree... Is ambiguous. It is, and if you put love subjective. in food, yeah. But food is the real connector. But the challenge then is because that's the easy part. The challenge is you sit around to break bread with each other, but somebody goes, "I have these allergies, these seven allergies." Right? You and asked me if I had allergies twice I did. before I came over too. I did, and I was like, "No." And the, and the challenge is to not go. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, I'm a right. vegan. Oh, for Christ! You know there has to be. There has to be some flexibility on the part of the vegan that not everything is going to be vegan at this table. Yeah, yeah. And there has to be some flexibility on the person making the food that it's okay. It's okay that we have different approaches to food and different things. I feel like you're already illustrating that food as the connector has already become quite complicated. It is complicated. (laughs) But but, but look, anything worth having... Because then you still need each individual to be reasonable. Yes. Which is like, how the hell do you do that? This is the thing. But anything worth having takes work, right? Right. So this is... I, like I don't know, that. man. I've always thought like somebody who is like, you know, any any racist incident that I've been a part of, like, hey, yeah. Abdul, go home. Hey, Packy, go back where you came from. I'm always like, man, I bet if we sat down for some tacos yeah. and a couple of beers, all that shit would go out the window real quick. It's, it's just it's a fear of the unknown and not knowing someone and not knowing yeah. where they're coming from and sitting down to food. I hate that it's that simple where that stuff comes from. Like, it really is just fear of the unknown. It is that. Like, xenophobia. Sure, man. Because, like, reasonable people can be like, well, that's obviously ridiculous. So how come uh, there's a a batch in every sort of land of people that they they can't see that? You know? Like, I don't get that. They're like, oh, I haven't. It's that. It's exposure, man. If you you had a friend, your best friend, and he told you he was gay at age 15. Yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people have to wrestle through that. What does that mean? My buddy is gay. Does that make me gay? Am well, I gay by like, associate? Is there something wrong with me? Should, yeah. You know, some people be like, fuck you. I'm not interested in that. But most people, when confronted with it, the vast majority of people when confronted with something like that, go like, hey, man, that's cool. And, and what comes yeah. of that? Now you're a person who will defend homosexuals when they are attacked because your yeah. friend was... Right? It's just... It's the same thing as like just knowing somebody from a certain culture, knowing somebody who exposed you. You just have to have a gay person over to your house and serve them gay food. (laughs) That's what I did for you this morning. You didn't even know it. (laughs) You feel more tolerant? Is there something more tolerant about it? Yes, because this was the gayest meal. Uh, I will kiss anybody. The thing is, is I remember you're right because I remember it's so funny how it's changed because in the '90s, growing up. It was like we were sort of like faux being understanding because it was all right to out loud say like, oh, I don't care if anyone's gay as long as they don't try that stuff with me. Right, right, right. right and right. we were like, we thought that was like a way of being kind Tolerant. and accepting. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. fucking mean, yeah, dude. That's insane. Like nobody wants to sure. touch you, you idiot. Right. <laughs> but that, that but you're still narcissism. saying the negative things about totally. what they want to do. You're negative totally. in, and yeah, yeah. It's not negative, dude. I just think that I'm really hot, and which gay man wouldn't want to fuck me? Oh, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, cool then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a narcissistic yeah, exactly. asshole. Uh, this is very yeah. nice. I like that you obviously have really thought about 
this. Yeah. Brought in the food element as well, yeah. man. Yeah. I've been waiting for, since So food is the connector. Lead with show. your best food in lead, your lead. perfect world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, put your best food forward. But but here's where the biggest challenge is. And I you know, I'm I, I'm no uh ambassador of tolerance, but it's something I try to work on. But I'll tell you, you know, when I was at just for the last a few years ago, I was asked to do something super corny. Uh, I wasn't in Just for Laughs, but, uh, but one of the guys at Just for Laughs was like, hey man, you're a chef, uh, wondering if you would want to do this thing. You know who Leon Black is? J.B. Smoove yeah. plays Leon Black in Arrested Development. So it was going to be a late night. Curb your enthusiasm. What did I just say? Arrested Development. Unbelievable. I'm always thinking about Arrested Development. <laughs> On Curb. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. J.B. Smoove is Leon Black. So it was going to yeah. be a late night with Leon Black. So he's playing his character from Curb, late night talk show. Jeez. That would, yeah, that's amazing. I'm his chef. Yeah. I was going to be on stage as the chef. I'm just making weird stuff. He goes, you know what? I want some croissants with strawberries inside the croissants and then pour some champagne on them croissants. Like just weird, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a frivolous guy yeah, with a yeah. late night talk show. So some people would eat that, some people wouldn't. I get it. Yeah. But backstage, I made some, gen- some real food and I made a guacamole. I'm very proud of my guacamole. I don't like 70% of the guacamole that I eat. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, this can be better. I can add right. things to this that'll make it much better. Anyway. Yeah, and grocery store guac is terrible. It is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even restaurant guac falls a little flat. You okay. don't have to ask for more lime sometimes, ask for more salt. Come right. On, they should be figuring this stuff out. There's no cilantro in here. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, so there's my intolerance <laughs> on display right there. But I, uh, I was backstage, and I offered this guy's comedian, he's a fairly well-known comedian. He, I go, hey, man, do you want some guacamole? He goes, nah, man, I don't eat that shit. I don't eat that shit. What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. What? The... Second most popular condiment, maybe the most popular condiment in America. I don't, I don't fuck with that shit. I don't roll with it. You know, I was just like, yeah. It, it sort of insinuates hard. something bigger than just it being about guac it is what you're getting. Does at. I mean, yeah. he's a person of color himself. Uh, you also are disappointed at that on that level. Like, hey yeah. man, you should be more. I don't know. I don't know why I put that on him. Right. But I remember maybe he just maybe it's cilantro. Maybe he's one of those cilantro guys. But but that's my. My gut, my knee jerk reaction, like those guys you just mentioned, who go as long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't fuck yeah. me, try anything on me. Yeah, my knee jerk reaction is, I don't want to roll with this guy. Yeah, and I don't like that. No, it's a weirdly like negative, that. aggressive reaction. It's too negative, and you don't know what it insinuates necessarily. The thing is that we we had a dinner that same week. Yeah, um, my friend Maz Jobrani uh, hosts the. Uh, the the ethnic show yeah so at the end of the ethnic show we all go to this restaurant Buona Notte in uh, in Montreal and I still remember this I I, I can't I, I you know it, it's very difficult to 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 replay exactly how hilarious this was but Frank Spadone is an Italian guy he's sitting across yeah, from me I, I love Frank. Frank right I've heard of Maz I haven't met him but I've, I know Frank yeah. a- excellent dude anyway yeah, yeah. that same comic guacamole comic is with us as well and. Uh, we get this sausage and peppers. That's delicious. This is an Italian restaurant. The, you know, like the sausage has chili flakes and fennel and it's delicious and the peppers <laughs> yeah. are perfect and <laughs> it comes in a plate, a, a part of our multi-course meal that we're having. Yeah. We're all going to give 50 bucks and they're giving us an amazing five-course meal. This is what Maz has negotiated. Amazing. Anyway, guacamole comic. Uh, it goes, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Hey, can I have some ketchup? 
And I watched Frank Spadone, who was mid-eating, look up and go, and look back down. Like, he just froze for a second. And in his eyes was something, I don't know what it was, but it was as if he remembered when he was six saying, Dad, can I have ketchup with my sausage? And his dad goes, I'll give you the backhand of your life, ketchup with your sausage. It was the way he froze when he heard ketchup, he went, and then went right back to his meal. But that guy, guacamole comic, looked at me like, can you believe these guys? You're going to give me sausage? You're not going to give me ketchup? Like that kind of thing. And I was like, I didn't know what to say. So it's like you that know level what it of is? ignorance with food, that level of entitlement. Yeah. Like, dude, give me the – what are you doing? Of course it – the ignorance and the entitlement together mixed with the I don't fuck with guacamole. I was like, I can't ever – I don't even want to talk to this guy. I don't want to ever see that guy again. It's too much. What it is, what, yeah, what it says about him is pretty brutal. But what does it say about me that I can't – how am I going to expect tolerance from others when I can't get over that? Yeah, but he's the one putting all the blocks up. Man, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> I'm trying to see it on myself, and you're just so damn supportive. Well, the thing is, is okay, the okay, because I'm a you know I'm a sensitive guy. I'm trying to be empathetic right now to this weird ketchup monster. <laughs> but so the 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 closest thing I can think of is he's one of those weird, um, you know kids that would only eat zoodles he's that dude yeah and then he grew up and all of a sudden he's and now an adult he and deep down he's probably negative about himself for not being adventurous hmm. so he he overcompensates that it's by having a pride bloody. for only what he wants it's like sitting down with psychologist chris Locke. that's what this show should be called that's exactly what it is that's exactly yeah. what it so is. it's I not really like yeah it doesn't it might not particularly illustrate Real insensitivities about him. It's more about an insecurity within himself being like transmogified into this weird, like, pr- ketchup pride. I love it. Imagine I just lean <laughs> after he asked for ketchup. After you gave I, me the compliment about being, being a psychologist, then I ruined it. Then you ruined it. By saying transmogrified. I know. This is not psychologist talk, man. <laughs> Get the fuck out That's psychotherapist <laughs> talk. Psychotherapist, psychobabble. Uh, I was just laughing at the thought of like hugging him after he asked for ketchup. <laughs> It's not your fault. It's not. Come here. Yeah. Get the fuck off me, man. No, yeah. know what you're no one's hugged through. him. That's why. That's what it is. Yeah. I don't eat guacamole, man. No one hugged me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was green, it J.B. Smooth? Green food. It was not J.B. Smooth. Okay. J.B. Smooth was like... I was weirdly pour like... Pour champagne a... in a croissant right, right. Oh, and yeah, right. a, dipping, a, a, a dripping with champagne croissant. With a... See, that's the thing. Is like, I've seen J.B. Smooth live. I've seen his special. I really love him. There's no one that can do his style of stand-up. Yeah. But he's... Yeah, he's clearly like cultured. Like he's super intelligent. Yes. And playing Leon Black, even though he's playing like... He's got that glint in his eye where he's like, I'm smart. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. Like, even though it seems like he's like, he talks funny. Right, like, right, Like, you know, right. he talks like a jackalit is how he'll, you know, right. he's still like, he's got that glint in his eye. Like, I know what's going on. Right. Yeah. He's, he's great, man. He's I, awesome. That guy was So it wasn't J.B. Smooth. Okay. No, I was no. like, see, half the time I was like, was it? No, yeah. no, it wasn't J.B. Smooth. From, yeah, yeah. from that show, you know, Maz was on that too. He was amazing. Yeah. I met Key and Peele. Yeah. Who were, man, I, I can't even tell you how good these dudes are. Yeah. So my, I tell I tell Michael like Keegan good, Key. Like, you know, just, just, just offstage, like amazing, kind people. Just like good people. Yeah, nice. I tell Michael Keegan Key, I go, hey, man, I just want to tell you that my wife is not a laugher. She doesn't laugh at a lot. I try and it, I fail. You know, maybe that's what makes me um, 
constantly try because yeah, yeah. she's not an easy audience. But she just loved this one sketch you guys uh, did. Yeah. And I think it was the one, I don't know if you've seen this, but it, it, it's like these two husbands, this, this couple comes to a couple's house and the two men, you know, Key and Peele just kind of go off and he goes, um, he goes, uh, you guys are a little bit late. And he goes, yeah, man. I mean, she, it's four o'clock. She, she steps in the shower at four o'clock. I told her, I said, I said, I said, I said, bitch. And oh, yeah, the guy's yeah. Like, you said that? He goes, I said, I said, be, and then they get further and yeah, yeah, further away that. from the party. And then and the, they're in the outer moon, space. They're in outer space. I said, be. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the best. So my wife had a big laugh at that. So I tell Michael Key and Key that. He Are goes, you passive with her? Am I passive? Like those guys? No, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That's funny. When yeah. I said, bitch, you weren't that happy. No, no, yeah. I was, I'm happy to see her laugh. She, she deserves a laugh. No, but the, the main joke of the sketch is they, they hide and pretend that they're yes. like assertive with each other. Exactly, exactly. It's but that guy like, who's yeah, like, yeah. man, we're going to watch football. I don't give a shit about my wife. And then the phone rings like, hi, honey. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's that bit. I'm on my way. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Uh, so Michael and, King, oh, yeah, he right. goes, so he, told he that. says yeah. to me, he goes, oh, man, thank you very much. And he goes, hey, Jordan, Jordan, come here for a second. And he breaks Jordan out of a conversation to tell him that this is Ali. And he was saying that his wife doesn't even laugh at stuff, but he loved that skit. I'm like, you don't need to bring Jordan over. To that's so just sweet, you know? Yeah. So that's what I remember most about Leon Black, that there's just meeting all these good dudes, but just yeah. one guy with the guacamole. Thing. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's weird, but you keep it moving. Keep it moving. But later that same week. Off the week, record, I'm going to get you to catch up, monster. Was. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm not a I'm not a savage. I don't need to put this dude on blast, but yeah, I just my whole point is that how can I expect tolerance from others? Well, so you've got I like can't. a high, yeah, you've got a high um Whatever pride for food, yeah, like it's uh, yeah. This is it. But then, do, am I am I as bad as these foodies, these food snobs who are like, oh, I can't believe he drank a rosé with that. Pasta. But he was okay. So even though I found a slight way that we could maybe have sympathy for him, ultimately he is um, blissfully ignorant, which is. The problem with the whole world. I don't right know. Now. I don't know. I think he, I don't think it's bliss for bliss for. Bliss. He's like pride. He's proud of his ignorance. Yeah, proud of his ignorance. Right. It's that Chris Rock bit where like which do, which does act as a blockade for anything uh, new getting in. Exactly. You know? Like which is yeah, it's negative. Chris Rock has that bit. You know what's the capital of Zimbabwe? Man, I don't know that shit, man. Yeah. Like keep proud it real. of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it real. Exactly. <laughs> it's that. It's that yeah, dude. Yeah. It's that guy in real life. You know. Yeah. That's my favorite Chris Rock bit. I think. Is that right? Yeah. Keep yeah. it real. <laughs> real dumb. <laughs> uh, okay. Any other? Because I think yeah. Any other? Uh, we made it. We're at forty now. Great. That's good. Because usually good. it's an hour. So you know, if you, if they come home in five minutes, that's forty five. That's a good ep- long length episode. Any other wrap up utopian ideas? I love the lead with. The, I'm a food guy. Yeah, I'll eat anything. I I pureed rabbit from a freaking jar. Yeah, <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah, it's some stupid pureed rabbit Queen West restaurant. And I was like, all yeah. right, poor guy. <laughs> you know, I told that. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I I was talking about this yesterday with somebody about like this. This this hipsterdom, and and food, 
Yeah. And, you know, people... So when hipsters first came on the scene, you know, I eat out a fair amount. As much as I cook, I do eat out quite a bit, especially when I'm on the road. I'm not just going to have McDonald's. I'm going to be like, what's a good restaurant around here? Yeah. And you start noticing how many hipsters are either in the kitchen or running their own restaurants. Yeah. And there was like this real backlash against hipsters. So when I was in Ottawa, I'm going to this place called El Camino for the first time. Yeah. And my buddy who I'm staying with goes... um, yeah, just to let you know, by the way, it's a, it's a real hipster joint. Yeah. You know, it was almost like a, by the way, beware kind of thing. Like, I'm literally jacket on, out the door. But just to let you know, by the way, it's a real hipster joint. You should probably know that. And I'm like, what, what do I do with that information? He goes, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I go to El Camino. I go in. Not one person lifts their head to see who's coming. I just walk in. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. I get one of my favorite beers. They have Stiegel in cans. Yeah. I have three tacos, ox, ox tongue, a fish taco, and a beef taco. They are fucking amazing. I have the best squid I've ever had in my life, the fried squid El Camino. I still, what, whatever they use in the, in the, I don't know if it's some kind of a fennel, some kind of a spice, they won't tell me what they really? put in the batter for the squid. It's the best. Perfectly done. I leave, I pay what I think is a reasonable amount of food, and I leave. And I go, what, what's the hate for hipsters? Why are we? It's yeah. amazing. These guys mind their own business. They focus on their food. Who gives a shit if they're pickling rabbit or whatever it is? I mean, who's yeah. making good food? It's great. But now, so now, like, whatever this is, five years on, it's very funny where it's almost like a stereotype. This is what I was telling my buddy yesterday. It's like, you know, that black guys should be athletic and you meet a black guy who doesn't like sports. You're like, oh, or you yeah, meet an yeah. Asian who doesn't you know, do well in math, whatever these stereotypes are. Yeah. It's almost like that with hipsters where if yeah, like, you don't know how to pickle a you rabbit. Don't, you don't know <laughs> you're not in the food industry. Your parents must be so disappointed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's this kind of thing. I don't know how that happened. But now I've been places where the, we're at we're at peak hipster. So you go to places and you're like hipster, nice. Yeah. But you fell for a trick because they made shit food. And you're like, what? No, That's man. You so can't funny. bring me here with your tattoos and your, your curly beard. mustache and yeah, then yeah. not have good food here. That's so, so funny. I fell for some. They didn't do this intentionally, but it's like this is what's happened in my No, mind. that's a really good like reverse look at uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all my fault. I stereotyped like and it bit me in the ass. Who asked me to do this, you know? That's really that's funny. That's why you don't stereotype. Yeah. But it's uh it's been nice. I, I uh, yeah, most famous like so many famous chefs now are like huge bearded tattoo guys. Sure, that are like I just like to party, and that translates to us now. Like, oh, he's putting all the spices in that. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's marinated minimum forty eight hours. Do you see how many tattoos that yeah. guy has? What's that yeah. Action Bronson show called? Yeah, on Vice. I yeah. mean, but but. But they're all variations of the same show on, on Vice. All the food shows, you got to have a bunch of tattoos, neck preferable. Yeah, yeah. Neck tattoos preferable. Well, I made a joke about that. I'm like, man, I want a show with Vice, but I'm not like fat enough with a, tattoos. And then yeah. someone <laughs> sent me a message. They're like, you're fat enough. Oh, dude, Maddie. Uh, and they they referenced one chef. And I'm like, oh, I was not referencing Maddie one guy. Yeah. I wasn't referencing him. I, but to me... It just looks like everybody on the channel is that guy anyways. Oh, absolutely. So if he, he if he's a great chef and a great guy, I'm totally sure. He is. And but Vice obviously has created that brand. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. My old producer right. from George Stromalopoulos is now a producer on Vice. I know. And that's Tanya Nachev, right? I you went in her? there for a meeting once and she was right. there, yeah. And I'm, you do, you just don't have enough tattoos for that meeting. I, that's <laughs> why nothing came out of that meeting. That's and I'm fine with for. that. I could yeah. never get a tattoo. I was, even as a kid, I knew that how impulsive I was that three days later I'd be like, help me, I'm trapped. There's something stuck on my body. <laughs> Scratch it off till you're raw. This was a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Um, I okay, so sh- in your utopian world... Yeah. What, what, what should we say? Hipsters are all good chefs? <laughs> Absolutely. Because now it's yeah. in my head and I've fallen for it. Yeah, so it, you're like, so don't, I... don't mess with me. Yeah. Well, there's a Chinese restaurant in um, the area I live in now... Um, called you know I shouldn't say what it's called, but what? Okay, it's not a good place. Yeah. Oh, you know. We'll so swap. I guess it's kind of like that stereotype. We'll I'll give you guacamole man's name, and you give me this ch- this Chinese right. Because what if I go? But well, here's the thing. I will say this: it's good in the maybe like super late drunk junk foods. Okay, and it's open super late. No. Oh, that's well, the thing. That's... Like you're supposed to go there for six p.m. dinner. Yeah. And this is what you're giving us. Anyways. <laughs> The nerve, but the that's kind of like a stereotype. Where it's like, well, you're you're Chinese, so the food must be like authentically good, but it's still like no, it's, it's that you can't super fried Canadian style. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I have unless they have a secret China. menu or something, yeah, they probably do. You they know, probably that's do. What yeah. I always would be excited about. We'd go. Um, there's a place called VIP, La Maison VIP in uh, in on Clark in Montreal. That was our spot. You know, they're open till four. The guy mm. would wink at me when I'd go with like white people. He'd wink and go, "Here's a here's a Chinese ketchup," but it was like sriracha. Yeah, this yeah. Is Fifteen years ago, when people would fall for that, now people can tell the texture of sriracha. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was like trying to like, on my behalf, mess with my white friends. Yeah, know? yeah. Who were obviously perfectly fine with sriracha, but he would, you know, like, it yeah, was just a yeah. place like you feel at home. I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. But my favorite thing was always. Uh, we'd always be there late, so then the chefs after four thirty would have the chef's meal. So we're still there, drunk, thinking that we're like God's gift entertainment to each other, and we're still there. And then the the, the staff, not the chef, the, the entire staff would have a meal, and I would always like, okay, what is that? And you, you, you typically you can't recognize anything. Yeah, I'm like I've ordered. Fifty things off this menu over the last ten years, and I don't recognize one thing that that staff is eating. You know what? There was, now that you're well, going back to Ottawa, there was a Chinese place I went to earlier this year, uh, just before a show, and it was super authentic. And mm-hmm. yeah, like the menu was nothing like most what you're expecting now in Canada. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. But it, you know, it had the chicken with the bone pieces still in it, and you sure. suck the chicken out of the pieces of the oh, bone. Oh, wow. And, like, and then I actually Googled it because I'm like, why do some cultures have. They'll give you these sh- shredded up pieces of bone that you actually have to, and uh, you probably already know this, but it's actually most cultures, uh, a lot of cultures, it's more savory Fake chicken. flavor, man. When I go get yeah. a goat roti, I don't want boneless. But I want in bone Canada meat. or like North America, we're like, there's still bones here. Right. It's like, this is primitive. Like, we're not. Like, this okay, is so nuts. that's interesting. There's the primitive argument, which I had forgotten that people think about that. My whole thing yeah, it's is like, I know people who are like. Or like more, uh, yeah, um, progressive food. Like, you don't have the bones near the meat. But I like. What I've noticed is yeah. that people. This progressive. Is at least what five am I talking six, about? <laughs> I don't know. How dare you? Cut that out. Edit yeah. that out before you're labeled a. 
judgmental. But my whole but thing I'm is making people fun of like, that idea. Of course. Yeah, yeah. What I found is people who, by eating the bone, it makes them think too much of the animal. You mean people like that? Uh, maybe I that's mean, what it is. Oh, yeah, we, we're run, uh, North Americans run from shame to the max. Right. right. Yeah, they don't want to know. They don't want to know how the pig is killed. They don't want to. They don't want to know how Okja is shot in the head. And then I then <laughs> exactly exactly. <laughs> I think that maybe you shouldn't be eating this meat then, and because because that's the reality. And they're like, I've I don't come around think to the point that. now. I've tried all the vegetarian stuff. I've come around to the point now where I don't feel. Like power, unless I am eating a freaking cooked animal. Yeah, you, it's just you, I gotta like, and you know we have we're inundated with Netflix. Netflix obviously has a vegan agenda with all the with all the documentaries they have up there. Yeah, and they scare you that the world is you know dying mostly in the environmental effect of cultivating meat, but but you know. I don't know. There's I'm, I'm in this weird. I agree. I'm probably they're probably right, and you probably shouldn't eat as much meat as we do, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is probably wasted. But it's so clear that we. I don't know why I'm taking a pro meat argument all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you've been down the other road. And I have. I've given it a shot. You personally feel like you feel better with meat. Yeah, or I do. Just powerful. And I guess I feel. Macho. So I guess the main part is is if you choose to be a meat eater with all the knowledge we know. You have to let the shame disappear. Like you have to feel it. it. You have to feel it, but you can't let it like just dis- like destroy you. Yeah. And I feel like maybe yeah, a lot of cuisine comes from yeah, a lot of like our behaviors come in North America come from like this weird trying to like not engage with any of our guilt and shame. Yeah. And so Absolutely. you're right. That's where we come I, from. Like, how many Pakistanis I know who like won't eat goat because when they were kids, they this is, happened to me too. You, you make friends with a goat. You know, there's a, it's a very Pakistani uh, classic Muslim tradition to have an animal slaughtered uh, in honor of you know like my family from Canada went to Pakistan. Oh, they're coming. We'll have a, a feast. But the yeah. goat. Is in the backyard for a couple of days. So you meet the goat, you get yeah. to know the goat, and then the goat is gone, dead, and you're eating the goat. There's so, it slaughtered in front of you? Not slaughtered in front of you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's another level. But they bring it back. Some, some of these rough around the edges uncles would probably do that. Ah, he's six. It's fine. Yeah, because I was like, this is like, that's, goes, that's an ancient Greek warrior tradition. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think they, I mean, I'm sure there's people who have those stories of the goat, they like watch the goat be slaughtered, but yeah. I, it just disappears, and then you make the connection, and you're like, so I know a lot of people are like, I can't eat goat. Because one time I made friends with a goat and then uh, it was gone and then we I found out we ate it and I can't uh, eat goat. I know, like, but, that was but if you were like ago. if you were lost in the woods and you were like resorted to your animalistic brain because you're starving and you're gonna die and someone was like I cooked a dog, you wouldn't Ooh. even think twice, <laughs> right? You'd be yeah. licking dog meat off of the bones, lost in the woods. But that's yeah, the absolutely. saddest thing I've ever said on this podcast ever. I'm so sorry to have been the uh, recipient of that. But we're trying to figure it out, right? <laughs> we're trying to figure out the, those lines are really weird. I would never want to eat dog in in my life. Well. That's the last thing I want to think of. But why do we make those distinctions? One's our friend, and one's yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, horse. Horses. Sometimes when you're thing. on the subway, they have those ads. Now they're like, "Why eat?" Like for like, I don't know, maybe PETA or I don't know who does it, but they'd be like, "Why eat one and the other's your friend?" And they'll like show a cute little chicken, and then they'll show like 
a puppy and you're yeah. like, because chicken is food and dog is my friend. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no real explanation. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's what happens with uh, with these kids in Pakistan. Goat became yeah. my friend. Goat was like a dog to me. Yeah. And then we ate it. So I'm horrified forever. That's, that's so, the So, yeah. And then people like, you know, it's a running... Because I think like people eat dogs in... Philippines pretty regularly, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how regularly. From what I absolutely, heard. yeah. Like every meal. <laughs> every meal. For breakfast only. No, I mean, obviously, it's something I've heard from Filipino people that I met. And then, like, uh, yeah, so if you go there, what are you going to do? You're like, I yeah. have friends back home that are dogs. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird situation. Yeah, I think you go, uh, I'm going to eat everything here. I want, you have to promise me you don't tell me what anything is. That's how you do it. Yeah. I'll just eat everything, but don't tell me what anything is. I'm going to assume it's all good for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> you're just that? at a table and there's like all these cats and dogs cooked on the table and yeah. you just put a huge bib on and look around like, well, I guess I got to survive, eh, boys? Here we go. <laughs> just put all these sauces on it. Next thing you know, it was only the first course. Chicken comes out next. You're like, Jesus Christ. You got to tell me the chicken's coming next. I, I'm up to here with dog. Didn't That's want like, that in the first place. Oh, Have you seen the... Uh, did you ever watch the show The Mighty Boosh? British comedy show. Yes, I've seen uh, a few a few episodes. Yeah, there's sure. one episode I love. It's like it's all they always go to mystical, magical lands. But this one where the, he's in this cave with these hooded creatures. They seem like guys, but you're not really 100 uh, percent sure. And they're all sitting down. They have the plates, and they're like, "Now we eat." And then one guy throws up onto a plate, onto uh, Julian Barrett's plate, and he's like. Um, well, okay, I wouldn't usually, but I guess, you know, like in your house, he yeah. starts eating it and then, and then this guy brings out a tray of regular sandwiches and it turns out that that guy was just sick. He wasn't yeah. giving him food <laughs> and he's like, what the hell? That's great. I love that. He thought he was, uh, doing the, you know, my, my host, um, yeah, yeah. Chewed the food for me. Yeah, yeah. Right? Regurgitated <laughs> it a little bit. eating a barf because yeah. he's trying to be polite. Hey, buddy. Here What's we go. What's happening? This is Uncle Chris, buddy. You want to say hi. hi to Uncle Chris? Hi. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah we're talking say, in mic- on microphone. Come and say hi in the microphone, Aziz. Yeah. Hi. You want to say hi to this microphone? Hi. Tell him what you say. Name. Say hi and say what your name is. Aziz. What is your favorite food? Supper. Supper. <laughs> Me too. That's my son. Chris Very nice. is my wife. Hi. Again. Nice to meet you. I'm Chris. <laughs> Supper is a great <laughs> answer. Buddy, so I, perfect. We've been talking about food for the last 40 minutes. I feel like this is a good place to end it. I would, I would think so as well. <laughs> that was very nice. Thanks, Aziz. <laughs> well, there you go. You, you, the food is the connector. It brings yes. everybody together. Yes. And then we, were, we really like brought the world together, had a nice... Uh, conversation about peace and unity and understanding hmm. and then it ended in talking about gross food and barfing I, know. I, know. <laughs> I mean that's the the cycle of life i don't yeah. know if it is i don't know if it is. we didn't have to go there everybody gets gross at the end of the life you know utopia has its messy bits also right right we went there yeah anything else you want to promote coming up and now I go through my hundred credits. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I did. I had an amazing experience on a show called Designated Survivor on ABC. So I got to work opposite oh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, very Amazing. intense, very serious dude. When's that come? Is he? Yeah. Off yeah, very cool. I mean, he comes in on his days off and practices lines, and uh, he's amazing. That's great. His work ethic is crazy. So yeah. like, my buddies were like, oh, you, you asked him about Lost Boys? I'm like, it's just not that kind it's of not set. That. He's very focused, very yeah. intense. Uh, but amazing when does experience. that episode come out? Um, I think end of October, early November. It's the, it's it's in this season. The season just started. Okay, sweet. Uh, so yeah. look for Ali Hassan on Designated Survivor. And you know what? We're at 57 minutes. Hey, we made it. Perfect. We did it. This is totally fine. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. My and thanks pleasure. for the food. You bet. All right, everyone. That was Ali Hassan. Ali, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. It was a blast. I really appreciated the Indian taco breakfast with the chapati um very tasty very lovely nice to meet your family nice to learn more about you uh follow him at stand up ali on twitter uh check out more where the uh, muslim interrupted show is touring i uh, tune in to q tune in to cbc's lol and uh more and uh look for him on designated survivor as he said he's uh, got a role coming up on that in late october and there you go. That was a great episode. Thanks so much, guys. Are you still on top of the crane? Uh, if you're up there, you're stuck. Listen, this is what I want you to do. Also, follow at Utopia to me on uh, on on you know like subscribe on iTunes, rate it, put reviews up there. I love your love. I really appreciate it. So many people uh, say such nice things about the podcast. So thanks so much. Keep promoting it. Uh, listening. I'm making them as much as I can, so I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Also, follow me at Chris Lock Fun on Twitter. I write stupid jokes. Um, sometimes I get like seven likes. Sometimes I get like 16. Um, either way, it's never enough. But uh, thank you very much. And I have shows coming up, I think, in about two weeks. Uh, in the end of October, if you're a Calgary listener, I'm going to be at the Laugh Shop doing my insane stand-up and, uh, and having a good time. So go to that. Otherwise, that's it. Uh, I hope the emergency crew comes and rescues you from the crane. I hope they bring you down. And then you know what? It, I don't know where you are, but right where we are here in Toronto right now, it's getting autumn-y. It's fall-ish. It's chilly, all right? So get a coat on. Get a cool coat. Don't mess around with dumb coats. You can't have a dumb coat. Get a cool coat and uh, keep walking around. Go up to a tree. Pet its bark. Put your face against the bark of a tree and go, thank you so much for helping us breathe oxygen on the planet. Okay? Thanks again for listening. I love you. I appreciate it. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.